Welcome back to the Profit Your Knowledge podcast. Today, I got a very special guest, Jason Jones. He coaches and trains certified coaches, wellness practitioners, um, specialty consultants to be more adaptive, agile, and confident by practicing an adaptive communication style and mindset to enroll new clients with ease. So we are going to talk about sales, but more specifically about conversational intelligence and how we can use this to be better at um, persuading people to work with us really and just help them really make the best decision for themselves ultimately. So I'm really excited. I don't know a whole lot about conversational intelligence, which is why Jason was intriguing to me. So I'm pumped for this. How are you doing today, Jason? Awesome. I'm doing great. I get to talk about one of my favorite subjects. Yeah, dude. So I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm pumped to do this. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Well, uh, right before we hit record, we were just kind of nerding out about um, music and our microphones and all and that our kind gear. of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, you you used to do like music engineering and whatnot, audio engineering. What made you decide to to get into like sales training and and conversational intelligence? Well, my, my, I've done, I've done a lot of things and I, yes, I did get trained as an audio engineer and I've done events and production and that sort of thing. But I also spent about 12 years, um, doing, uh, radio media. Like I was a radio personality in a media market. I had like really big success really fast, which wasn't really good for me. If you can imagine that, like when your first show goes number one in the first year, mm-hmm. um, in my mind, I'm like, I have conquered. Right. And, uh, and it couldn't be further from the truth that I had conquered. I was, I was in a really good situation to be at the right format at the right time. My show was good enough. Right. But at my 26 year old self, I'm like, oh, that's because I'm a god. Right. <laughs> it's good. I, I, the, the, they will roll the red carpet out for me elsewhere. I've got these ratings and that sort of thing. But, and so I spent, uh, so doing morning radio and doing talk radio. And when you're doing radio, all you're ever doing is selling. Mm. It's always the call to action. It's always come on down and have a beer or mm-hmm. come on down to our um, event or, you know, the, the, the boat company is having a sale. Like right. everything you talk about is inviting and selling people to go and do something with their time, with their money, with their energy. And, um, and the reason it works is because people become emotionally attached to the personalities that they listen to. Mm. Um, They feel connected. And when there is connection, there is influence. Without emotional connection, there's no influence. Okay. Well, okay. This is okay. This is interesting. This makes me think about the radio so differently, (laughs) but it's totally Mm -hmm. true. I hundred percent agree. Like, I mean, yeah, that's why a great example is, um, in 2017, I'm in Petaluma, California, just North of Mm -hmm. San Francisco, Santa Rosa. We had the crazy wildfires and Mm -hmm. it was like, Mm -hmm. it looked like, like, like an anarchy, like almost like hell. It was crazy. Like everything was red because there was so much smoke and the sun was coming through. So it looked like like you're on Mars or something. It was weird. Um, And you didn't know like if the fire was going to get worse, things are going to burn down. Mm -hmm. And during that whole time, this one radio show host, I can't recall her name. She was like on top of everything, like working extra hours, keeping everybody super updated on everything. Everybody was talking about her and tuning in. So it's really true that like we really do get into connection with these different radio show hosts. But how can we kind of apply that as my question as content creators, as 
coaches and people who want to put out content and grow our own businesses and make sales, which is the lifeblood of the business, you know, how can we get better at, I guess, like creating this kind of radio show personality in our own businesses? Sure. Well, I'd like to, if we, if we can kind of break from kind of just break from the idea of being a radio personality or, or break from that context. And what I would like to do is like, kind of just bring this into the context of our everyday conversations that we have, you know, with people. And we'll talk about it in the selling context. Mm -hmm. And, um, and what I want to, because what I want, I, what I don't want to get lost, I don't want people to be thinking about like, well, how does that work with radio or a radio person? Instead, what I really want the listener, I want you to think about like right now is that it's about what makes it all happen is the emotional connection. Mm. It's the feelings, it's the emotion. And like all of our formal and formative training is what it's up here. It's in our brain. It's in our minds. It's in our thinking. It's in our features and benefits and making an airtight logical case. That's why you could have a sales meeting. You can make an airtight case why somebody should work with you. And they go, meh. And they Still leave. Feel it. And you're like, what? I the, Everything was like really, really clearly there. And it's mm. because we believe that if I make a good enough logical argument that you'll come around and you'll come this way. But if, but it's actually, it, that's not what's happening inside the person. Uh, I want to give Judith Glazier, uh, the creator of conversational intelligence, the credit here of really bringing neuroscience and behavioral science, like together with communication. So we can see like what is happening to be able to modify our behavior to be more in line with our fellow human beings. Because what scientifically happens is that you feel it first and then your brain looks for evidence to support the feeling. So I'm feeling like I'm in a conversation with James here and he's telling me about his services and, and things like that. And I'm thinking about working with him and it feels really good. And so when it feels really good, then my mind is looking for all the things to reinforce the good feelings, the resume, the experience, the stories of social proof that you've you've helped other people and things like that. But all of that comes from the the feelings okay hmm. and so the the point i'm trying to drive home is is that emotions and feelings matter more than anything else wow those other things are important but the feelings and emotion matter more than whether it's an airtight case or not totally so okay yeah so i 100% agree it just reminds me of that thing like people like if you speak on a stage, people will not remember what you said, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Like that's a common, yes. it's a common that's phrase. A, it's a motivational speakerism and yeah. it's great, but what does that mean and how do you do it? Yeah, exactly. Well, what do you have to say? You're the expert here. Right? <laughs> Spill the beans. Oh, what can we exactly. do? What can, what can we do just like to, I guess, intertwine it into, I guess, just who we are really. Because a lot of creators and coaches, you know, like they are the business. Like we work with people we talk with people to decide if we're going to, you know, be the right kind of fit. So what can we do just to really just embody the principles of making people feel more of that connection um, in everything that we do? Sure. So uh, first, 
um, let's, let's just kind of take it from, um, a marketing place, like in terms of, uh, in terms of a customer's journey, right. A customer's journey into your world. Um, so we, can we agree that in the world of the internet, we're so bombarded with information that it's hard to tune anything in. Like it's just constant bombardment. Would, yeah, 100%. would, would we agree? Absolutely. Okay. So, and yet we are, we still manage to attune with people. So what is it that has the noise go away and suddenly somebody tune in on James frequency and say, Oh, what is he saying? Something that resonating. And, and what that is, is when you're able to articulate the problem that you solve for someone in a way that they relate to and experience. Okay. So like, for example, like I work with uh, coaches and wellness who, uh, who struggle with sales, right? They like, I have a lot of great conversations, but not a lot of people buy. Mm. And so I describe what that experience is, you know, it's like, you're having a great conversation and it's going really well. And you're, you're talking about each other and how you relate to each other, each other and the similarities and all that good stuff. And then you ask them if they want to work together and they're like, yeah, no, I don't know. Let me go think about it. Right. They're not actually there for that. Like mm -hmm. somehow something got missed, but no one is really sure exactly what that is. And so, and when I talk about this in this way, there's a whole lot of people that are my, that become my clients that are like, yes, that's what's happening to me. Right. And if, and if like, if four or three or four more people that I talked to in a week actually said yes and worked with me, that would transform my income. That would transform my career. That would like, that would be a gigantic game changer mm -hmm. if that, if that happened. And so what's missing. And so it, it starts with being a problem focused rather than solution focused. So you articulate the problem. And when you're in a sales conversation and you're asking someone, you're asking them, so what, what is the challenge? You want to ask really good questions. You want to have questions like, so, you know, so in broad open-ended questions, because the science tells us that our brain likes to start broad and then get specific. And if I start with pointed questions right away, it feels like inquisition. Then they're going to start saying things like, oh, you're feeling pushy. You're trying to get, you're trying to lead me somewhere and they're going to be suspicious. And if somebody gets suspicious, well, that means that they're amygdala, they're Fight or flight is getting triggered, right? Which means it's going to be harder to bring them back into their uh, frontal lobe reasoning space of their mind where they can actually consider new ideas because they're being suspect of it. Now they're looking for like, what are you getting at rather than collaborating with you to figure out what's going on? So asking really good questions to really get into your world. So what is it like? And what is it like for you? The feeling questions I give my clients all the time is what is it like for you? What did that feel like? What would that mean? And for the seller, the challenge is being willing to be with someone else's discomfort. Mm. That's the biggest challenge. And even, and it is that that will make the difference because it's like, yeah, I'm not getting these results. And, and how does that make you feel? It makes me feel frustrated. It makes me feel like I'm not going to succeed. It makes me think I should maybe do something else. Maybe I'm not as good at this as I want. It brings up a lot of doubt. And so when I bring these things, these have all that emotional charge. Totally. And it's that emotional charge that is the motivation to actually do something about it. Not like thinking about it or you've got a really good idea. Well, that's fun and entertaining and interesting to have a really good idea, but I'm not going to go change my life because of it. Hmm. It's, yeah, it's just, it's really interesting to think about this. And I think it, it, from what I'm getting from you, it sounds like it has to be like that 
um, very focused on them, but not probing them with those questions. And yeah, the open-ended kind of questions. There's a great phrase that I heard from a uh, coach and a friend of mine named Greg Faxon. And he, he, he learned it from someone else, maybe Jack Canfield, I can't recall, but mm-hmm. it was a high intention, low attachment. And it's that high mm. intention of like wanting to support the person and to help them and to understand their situation so that you can provide a good solution by asking good questions and whatnot and getting to like their root cause, but a low attachment. And it's the same thing I feel like of what you're saying. Like, you know, it can feel more of like that probing question to someone if you have the energy of high attachment, like I got to get this sale, you know, that kind of thing. But but if you can lower the level of attachment, but keep that intention there of like, I want to support you, I'm trying to help you, you know, then, um, yeah, that, that's a, been a big game changer. I heard that a long time ago and it's, I have it on my phone. Even there's a little graph that like mm-hmm. reminds me, cause it's not just sales. It's literally everything in life. Sure it is. Yeah. The less attachment you can practice to having anything exactly the way you think it, the more content, relaxed, empowered a person you'll be. Yeah. Um, totally. And what this what this is doing, what conversational intelligence is, is suggesting, what it is to be conversationally intelligent is to know how to have a collaborative conversation mm-hmm. where you and I get clear on an idea together rather than you giving up your idea and accepting mine or my giving up my idea and accepting yours, which is where that's where traditional sales happen. That's called positional sales. That's like, I have a position and I'm going to ask and say and do everything I can to get you to come over here. But in that whole dynamic of something positional, you have to give something up, Mm. which makes that, I don't want to climb that steep of a mountain because we both know how attached people are to whatever they think, Mm -hmm. (laughs) whatever they believe, like they're so attached. It could be something really minor and they're like, no. And they'll fight till they'll fight to be right. The the degree that human beings will go just to be right. And they don't have to be right. Nobody has to be right. Nobody has to be wrong. If we're like exploring and discovering together, then we get clear together. And so kind of taking from what I, I love what you're saying about like high intention, low attachment is that, um, taking on the, cause a question might be like, well, if my intention is not to get the sale, well then what's the point, what's the intention mm-hmm. that's actually going to support me? Right. The intention is for your person you're talking to, to make a confident decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that's the really, meeting. right. And that's like, yes heard, or no, I've done. Yeah. Not the, maybe it's the yes, either it's a hard yes or a hard no. And if someone yeah. is really that much of a, maybe it's like, okay, it's just a no for now. You know, I think being able to say that even shows confidence, but yeah, it's, it, that's a lot of like sales training is just being able to like get to a yes or a no you're as a, as someone selling something, no matter what it is, you have to become a professional decision maker or professional helper in decision, helper in decision, decision exactly it. Yes. Like acknowledge, let's acknowledge people are horrible at making decisions. We have very little training and support on how to make good decisions. That's just something that's just kind of assumed. You pick it up osmatically, even though it's it's super important. That's just kind of how it happens, at least in American culture. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's how that goes. But, and here's, here's the thing. If you have a collaborative conversation with someone where you really get in their world and you really empathize with their pain and you cheer with them and their joy and you experience that together with them what shows up good feelings i would say yeah what shows up connection value connection trust like all the thing affinity 
good feeling. All the stuff that you need to actually have a sale happen mm-hmm. is all the, th- everything that just shows up at the party because of the type of conversation that you're having and you're getting clear on what they need and they're getting clear on what they need. Cause here's the other thing. We often assume that when somebody sits down to talk to us, they know what they want and they know what they need. Mm. And they, they usually don't. don't. Right. They've got a general idea, which is kind of what got them to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And they've got kind of some uh, theories and ideas, but they're not like a hundred percent. And what is essential is in that meeting, they have to really get clear that this is the right problem at the right time. And I'm looking at the right solution. Right. And, and it's the influence you have on the questions that you ask them to have them think about and process is what is going to actually influence them and bring them around to be like, oh my gosh, yes, this is this is great. And they're going to be super grateful that you help them get clear on what problem needs addressing. Because mm-hmm. even that's stressful. I think this is it. Do you have um, any kind of like, I guess maybe like a pre-call ritual that you like to do? Because from my understanding with everything we're talking about, it's not so much the, like, the perfect sales system or anything like that. It's more of the the energy and intention that you bring to the conversation uh, that really matters more in terms of you actually closing the sale. Cause someone could have the best system, but they don't have the energy or connection there and then they lose the sale. So right. do you, if you go into a sales call or I guess any kind of meeting, cause you have a great energy. I mean, just in this podcast interview, is there something that you do, maybe something you say to yourself before you go in or do you just kind of go into it? Yeah. So there is a, there's a, um, a pre-session checklist, right? So it's like, so I go over what my objectives are. So my objectives are first to establish uh, trust and rapport that usually can happen within the first minute of the conversation. Uh, when I feel like they're relaxed, they're open, they're ready to communicate, then I will frame the conversation. The next thing is to like really set them up and create the container. Um, and that is, uh, and so that's the next objective um, that I need to do there. Once that container is created and they've agreed to the terms of our agreement, which is basically like, can I interrupt you if it feels like we get off track and that this is really about getting clear And if I have something I think I can help you with, I'll mention it when that comes up. Does that sound good? Right. And they're like, yeah, okay, that's good. Now there's no surprises. They know exactly what to expect. Um, And then it goes into understanding them. And I don't stop asking them questions until I've really, I've clearly confirmed whatever their need problem and motivation is. And I verbally confirmed it with them. James, is it because you're stressed out because you're having great conversations, but they just do not convert and it makes no sense to you? And that your life would be totally different if that was something that could just happen with ease. Mm. Oh gosh. Yes. That's it. That's it. We've got (laughs) it then. Okay, great. And then we, then we move on to the next thing, right? And the next thing is then to align what I have with that, that next objective, which is to align what I do, what I can do for you with, um, what to align that with their challenge, which is in their context. We're using language they gave us in their world. We're talking about everything over there. Not like, okay, now this is when I get to talk about me. It's actually not when I get to talk about me. It's when I get to like think about my stuff and think about how it applies to what's going on for them and to give them those kind of things and ask is like, does this sound like the solution so that we can do what? We can determine right problem right time, right solution. If they're yes, yes, yes on all three, guess what? They're ready to look at prices and packages. 
Mm. Now we're ready to look at actually like doing a deal together. Then we talk about the offer. Then we talk about all that. And in addition to, in addition to reviewing the objectives that I know that I need to hit and that's it. Um, is, uh, is, is those kind of things. I also, I set the intention of the intention going into the meeting is I want them to be empowered, um, empowered and at choice at all times, empowered, confident, and at choice at all times. And through navigating the conversation, I am looking for any time or any place where they may look disempowered, when they may withdraw, where they may pull back. And then I will want to bring, get back into their world again. Mm. And, and that can be as simple as what's happening for you right now. Mm. Just stopping the conversation and going, what's going on with you right now? And they can even, oh, I saw a thing. It was really distracting me or I'm, I'm thinking about my girlfriend. It's like, oh, oh, I got it. What's going on with her? And they get it out and then you can come back to what you were doing instead of just going like, Oh, James, I'm kind of looking off the other way. I think I'll just keep talking and maybe he'll like warm up to this idea, which is kind of what the typical sales guy would do, you know, but it, it but it's like, it's being really present in the moment. So the, the hard work of it is here's the hard work. The hard work is to be really present with another person such that they can feel your presence mm-hmm. to listen to somebody else such that they feel like you get them like their brother, mother, friend. Right. Okay. And, and relate to what they're experiencing, which mm-hmm. will set up all the credibility you need. Right. And then beyond that, it's social proof statements. I'm kind of digressing from your question. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, no, I, so, th- I think it's, I think it's all valuable. So otherwise I would interrupt. It, it, it but. is, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm like kind of going off and I'm trying to, I want to try to stay focused with you um, on, on this. So, so it's, uh, so it's, I establish my presence by determining like my intention for them, my intention for myself, how I want to be in it, which informs these things inform my body language. They inform my unconscious expressions and things like that mm-hmm. by setting these intentions, give direction to all that so that all of me can be working uh, together toward the end. And the end is not to, I want to get a sale that is aligned, but the system is driven towards alignment. So it's like, we're either, we're either coming closer together or we come further apart Mm. by the end of the call when it's done well. Right. Yeah, no, I I think I, I like everything you're talking about. It's awesome. Uh, What, what skills do you think are the, are the most important? Cause we talked about like being present. Um, are there any other kind of skills that you feel are the most important for someone to focus on if they're starting approaching sales in this conversational intelligence kind of way? Sure. One is take some time to develop some really good questions to ask. Hmm. You know, uh, I do a quiz with my folks. I say, write down as many open-ended questions as you can in like one minute. And at most people will have three and then they'll have a whole list of closed ended questions. Mm. Right. So if that's all you can like come up with in a non-pressure environment, put yourself in a pressure environment, like a sales meeting and come up with open-ended questions. You're not going to. So spend some more time on your strategic questions. What, what does your buyer need to be aware of in order to value what you're selling? And those are the questions that you want to ask them so that they're recognizing it. So they're seeing it. You what's, know? A, what's one it, example of a, of like a, a good open-ended question that you would use as a go-to just one example. for someone. All right. So what's happening in your business right now, James? Oh, okay. 
See how big and wide and open that is? Yeah. So when and you say can, open, it's just, it's, it's open-ended meaning that it, I just want per, per viewer yeah, to have yeah. pure clarity. It's just that it, it's not a yes or no, as far as I understand. Correct. It's not like, yes. How's well, and, and also not a yes or no, nor a single, nor, nor a single answer, nor like a, like a single, like one, they can't answer it with one word and they have to think. Hmm. Right. So for example, when I do my, um, uh, my favorite rapport question is how are you feeling? Cause everybody stops and thinks about that question. Right. Cause what do we always get? How you doing? Well, I'm fine. And we don't even think about that. Right. right. Daniel, Daniel Kahneman wrote a great book called thinking fast and thinking slow mm. and really to, to really laid out how people don't think for most of the time, because that's when our brain's being efficient. Like, Oh, how am I doing? I know. I know this answer to this question. I'm fine. Let's move on. Right. You're not actually, you don't really want to know. Okay. So you just like, you just have a quick answer. There was no thinking that happened. And if you're having a sales conversation where they're like, yep, yep. No. Yeah. No, I think you got it right. Yeah. That's good. There's zero thinking going on with them. And if there's no thinking going on, they're not considering anything. Hmm. If they're not considering anything, unless they fully agree with you and they were going to buy before they walked in, they're not going to, they're not going to become a sale. Right. Right. And so, uh, so it's like, so you want the question to be strategic, right? Because like, uh, I give people a hard time to go to networking events and like say, so yeah, so what are you up to these days? So what are you doing for vacation? And you have a great conversation, but you never find out if they actually have a need you can solve for them or know someone. Mm -hmm. So you want strategic open-ended questions. Hey, what's happening with your business here? What are you excited about right now in your business? Mm. That's awesome. Right? What's not working? What's a challenge? What do you wish was different? See how big these are? And the thing is, it allows the person to say whatever they're thinking. And then you can explore that and go into their world and explore into their world. Right. Okay. So yeah, that's huge. Like practice writing out those big open-ended questions that are also strategic and focused. Yeah. Kind of move the direction towards it. So that, yeah, that's a great exercise for someone for the listener, write down as many as you can. <laughs> write yes, down, exactly. Write, just, yeah. I like what you said. Start. Just like give people a little brain dump to see how many they yes. can come up with. Start working on them or even like answering the question, like what does my buyer need to be aware of to value what I'm selling and, and aware of about themselves, not aware of about your product. Right. Cause we often go like, well, they need to know that we have so much experience and we've done this. Like nobody cares unless until they're ready to buy. Yeah. Then they care about that stuff. Right. But before that, it's about them and, and whether this is the right solution. Once you determine that, then you can get excited about the, uh, ab about the other stuff. The other thing that I, I don't want to leave out. Cause you asked me like, what's really, here's the other thing is super, super important is that feeling thing that I, we started this podcast about right? and about the feelings and the emotions is that everybody I talk to except for coaches and even some of them don't like to sit in other people's discomfort. Mm. And there's a whole lot of glossing over. Okay. So you're doing this and it's working. It's frustrating, right? Yeah. Okay. Well here, let me tell you how I can help that. Cause we don't want to really feel that frustration. We want to get past that. Okay. Let's just avoid the difficult feelings. Right. And when you do that, you're they're losing the steam that would create the motivation that would have them step into a decision. So lean and into so the feelings. It's all that about, they're yeah. And it's about, you know, to fix it for them. Just have to empathize. Mm, I love it, oh, man. That sucks, James. That sounds hard. Oh, how did you get through that? Oh, that sounds really hard. Yeah. You just have to empathize. 
I love right? it. And we, yeah. Yeah. Man. And everybody avoids it. Everybody avoids it. It's like, yeah. Oh my gosh, is this getting uncomfortable? Let's make this, let's lighten this up. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, that's like a prime example is like in sales trainings when they say like, after you say the price, I don't know what your philosophy on this is. I've heard yes. I've heard no, don't do it. Uh, where like you reveal whatever the investment is and then you zip it. Yes. I take a drink of water. Yeah. I strategically well, like, pick up my glass of water and I take a drink so that I don't stare at them. And so that I don't say anything. That's and actually a good, them a good come point forward with what I have to do something. Cause otherwise I'm going to be like, yeah, if you're just standing there staring, it's like, okay, this is no, weird. staring is totally it, like, like, like the worst. You might as well talk if you're going to stare at them. Right. Because, <laughs> right. yeah. like, again, people need space to think. And depending on how much actual space you gave them to think throughout the process of the conversation, mm. which in most cases, I would say probably not enough. Right? Because we're like, let's get this going. Let's keep, let's fill all the spaces of the conversation. Mm. We don't want any quiet spots, no dead spots. That's going to feel uncomfortable. No, well, it, it isn't. Not if you're holding, not if you're holding a space where that's okay. Yeah, no, that's, I love that. Yeah, I think that's a, a great example because like that's when people are really processing something. It's like, don't say anything. The water yeah. trick is freaking great. I'm gonna use that next time. That's amazing. Yeah, that's my, that's my, the sales technique. That's right there. Right there. Take, yeah. take, a, take a drink of water, look the other way, take a nice long drink of water, put it down. Take a time. And then, uh, and even then I don't look at them and then I'll look down at my papers. I like, I try, I try to give them as much psychic space mm -hmm. as I can for them to come back with whatever. And, 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 if, and when they, if they come back with, well, this all looks really good. I'd like to go think about it. That's not an acceptable answer. Mm. That's like a maybe. That's in I, the, in the, maybe I don't know zone. what that is. Right. I don't know what that it's not, is. It's if not a clear yes or a clear no. So it's in the, it's not, in the maybe it's not a clear zone. anything. It is what it is, what it communicates. Cause here's the thing. So my whole deal is about communication, right? So here's what I really want to invite you to watch for everything that is spoken and unspoken communicates something. And I invite you to start practicing what you think it communicates. Right. So like I heard you say, when somebody says, let me go think about it, you say, oh, that's a maybe that's only a maybe in the context of do I get the sale? What is it for them? To me, when I hear that, the communication I hear is I want to go process this someplace else, not with you. Hmm. I want to make I want to defer this decision and not make this decision now. OK, uh, and Anybody deferring their decision and not doing it now or getting clear now when they're with the one person that could really get them clear that has all the information to do it mm -hmm. is a disservice to them, letting them figure that out by themselves because so they're what, not going to get any clearer by themselves. So, so what do you, do you have like a kind of a certain formula yes. you take with every objection or is each one different for you? I guess it's a here's concern. well here's here's how I approach objections. Objections I well I classify objections as hesitations. Yep. Okay? So they're hesitating. And if you've done, if you've confirmed where before they looked at price and package and features that this was the right solution for them and that the, for the right problem, you've confirmed that and you've gone into it and then there's uh and then things uh come up kind of thing, there should not be very many objections and hesitations that come up at the end. If there are, you did a whole lot of talking and they're just now starting to kind of process and figure it out at the end hmm. versus a whole lot of 
sharing, getting clear together, all that stuff comes up earlier in the conversation and throughout the conversation. Um, but the most common ones are, I got to go talk to somebody else. And that's legit. Anytime, if you know, if you're selling something that's five grand, 10 grand, something that's not a bouquet of flowers, that's a high risk purchase. They likely do have to go talk to somebody else yeah. to, to make that decision, right? That's legit. Um, and so, but I still want to have a conversation about it because what I don't know is I don't know how that conversation is going to go. So can we first take, let's first take, let me go think about it. So what I have been working on questions around this, because we, I can't say to you, no, we got to We got to figure this out now. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> right. Cause what's going to happen if I do that, you're going to do this. You're going to, yeah, you're going to, you're going to push back. You're going to be like, well, this feels like, and I, there's, it's going to be pushing. And the thing is we want to dissolve resistance. This is what conversational intelligence does. It's what the adaptive approach does. You dissolve resistance throughout the entire conversation. You're always dissolving it, not overcoming it, not getting them on to come to your way, not bulldozing them by dissolving resistance, right? And by doing that is by opening new conversations, not making them have to choose, right? So instead of that, what I would say is, sure. So if you look at what we talked about today, can you share with me what you feel sure about in this solution and what you feel unsure about? Mm. That question is an invitation to actually process this decision right now. Mm. For sure. Because then Without that telling can lead them, to more conversations. That opens, and, up, the, uh, that opens up a new right. conversation totally. about getting clear on this so that they're not going to go away and do it with who knows who and who may or may not be a good influence and with what information or whatever mood they might be in, right? It's like, it's the the moment that you're in is that. And besides the likelihood of them coming back and saying, yep, I want to do it is really low because there's an emotional experience that's created in the moment that somebody is making a purchase. Right. And when you're doing follow-up, and you're they're, you're they're going to make their decision a week later and you have a meeting, you need to recreate all those emotional conditions. Or they might be like, nah, I don't know how many times I've had those. Oh, I'm thinking, oh, there's going to be a slam dunk. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, what happened? Right. Right. And the only thing that happened is, is that they lost the juice that they felt when we talked the first time. So it's on me to recreate that. Right. And then the other one, can I transition to, can I transition to the other one? Now, yeah, we're going to start the, to wrap up here, but yeah, go ahead. You can... Sure. And I won't go on a long time. I promise. No, you're good. <laughs> um, the, the other thing is the, um, let me go talk to somebody about it. So when somebody says that to me, I ask them, so how do you think that's going to go, James? Mm. And they'll be like, well, what do you mean? How's that going to go? I'm like, well, you know, like if you're going to go talk to your spouse, I mean, there's a couple of ways that you could talk to your spouse. You could say like, you know, I found this guy online and he's got a thing and it looks pretty good. And, you know, I think it, you know, I think it could possibly, I think it could help me. I think it could be all right. What do you think? Should yeah. I do this? Or is it going to be more like, you know, I really found what exactly what I need right now. Mm -hmm. Something that's really going to take it over the finish line. Something that I think is really going to change our financial prospects in the future. What do you think? Right. It's the confidence this, piece. I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, and at this it, point yeah. it's like, oh yeah. One is like the first one is like, make the decision for me. I don't want to make it. Right. Well, that, 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 the yeah that alone if they did approach that with their spouse they have uncertainty inside of themselves and then their spouse yep. is going to pick that up and then they're yes. going to feel uncertain and be like 
you don't seem like you're really like on board you with this. You should get away from this. Right. Yeah. And they're going to be like, I don't think you should do it. Or like, we should mm-hmm. look into this more. And then there's automatic skepticism. But the second option is like the confidence that you bring to your spouse. That's what I tell people too. Like I'm fine if they need to talk to their spouse, you know, to work with me as an investment. That's okay. Yeah. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's like, I get it. It's not a bouquet of roses. And yeah, if you just approach your spouse with that confidence. Cause like, I have to clarify with them before I let them go. Like, do you, do you actually want this? Like you, you know, yes, good and if for I you, can, James, that's, well, that's, that's excellent. What, yeah. I've just, I've done sales training. That's what they taught me. And I was like, it makes sense because it's true. Like, and I've done that with my, you know, girlfriend or people mm-hmm. that I care about, I'm going to share with. And it's like, Hey, like I want to do this. And every time I do that, it's like, you sound like this is it. So I mm-hmm. say you go for it. And then they look to support you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They want what you want, really, you know, and so and so it it helps to prepare them. But the point of both of those examples are find developing strategic questions that open a new conversation Mm. about something that's ambiguous, about something that is that is you're not sure, like, where is this going? Like, what, what are we doing here? Like to have a question that will open a new conversation that isn't threatening or uh, pushing or right. pulling for that matter, right? Totally. That's, cons- that's collaborative. Yeah, I really like that. Cool, man. We're going to wrap it up here. I feel like you and I could chat like all day. We could talk for, <laughs> yeah, we could for, talk days. for days. For days Let's and do days. It. Um, it's like, I could see you like holding back. I, there's stuff I know you want to share with me inside of this. I'm like, I'm like, oh, that I want to hear. No, you're good, man. Um, yeah, I'm sure this is just our first time meeting. So we'll have plenty of time to chat. Uh, where's the best place for people to connect with you? Uh, I can be pretty easily found. You just do a search for the coaching hour. The coaching um, hour. Okay. Yeah. The coaching hour. Uh, I am, I've got myself everywhere. So my stuff will come up. Very cool. Um, uh, with, uh, with, with that. And, cool. uh, and the other one is uh, adaptive conversations, uh, for, uh, for sales. It's actually, excuse me. I've changed the name adaptive conversations for conscious sales. I like it. Cool. Yeah. We'll put links down in the description so you can get in contact with Mr. Jason, Mr. Yeah, Jones. I have a free white paper you could have. So, oh, okay. Uh, awesome. Well, I'll make sure there's links down for everything down in the description. Uh, one, one thing I did want to know, um, this is a very intriguing conversation. If people wanted to learn more, obviously check out Jason's work. Is there a book that you recommend to people in terms of conversational intelligence that is like your go-to, maybe it was the book you read where you're like, Oh my God, this is the breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, uh, it's Judith Glacier's book of that title, Conversational Intelligence. Conversational Intelligence. Yes, it's an outstanding book. It's really good. I will say that it's it's ear it's oriented towards coaching, um, but that's only because there is a um, it really borrows heavily from the coaching communication paradigm in terms of the collaborative conversation, but the the frame works that she lays out and the exercises and everything like that makes it really, really clear. Cool. Uh, I'd say probably oh, 50 or 60% of my training program has is informed by the work of Judith Glacier in her conversational intelligence. Yeah. She's one of your heroes. That's awesome. She is totally one of my heroes. She's one of the giants I get to stand on. Yeah. Shoulders I get to stand on. Beautiful. I have a credit on Amazon or uh, yeah, no audible which is like technically is Amazon, but yeah, I have a free credit on audible. And I was like, what book am I going to get? And then this conversation happened. So I was like, cool, I'll get that. Awesome. Book. There you go. Now, yeah. That's solved. Conversational intelligence. Sold. Beautiful. Yes. You'll enjoy it. I'll be, I'll be excited to hear what you think. Love it. Right on. Okay. Well for the listener, 
uh, check out that book, check out Jason's work links down in the description and take that one little nugget. Uh, maybe re-listen to this if you need to kind of process it again, cause we covered a lot and just practice something from this episode this week and just practice implementing it and see where that takes you. And we will see you in the next one.